All right. Well, welcome, everyone, and thank you for listening and subscribing to Behind the Screen. I am your host, JT Kane. I am the Dean of Visiting Faculty and the Orchestra Manager with the New World Symphony. And I am here with my good friend, Matt Corey, who is a bassoonist. He's the CEO uh, for Insight for the Blind, and he's also the producer of Behind the Screen. And we are here to talk to you about auditions. Uh, specifically orchestra auditions, which take place behind a screen, hence the name behind the screen. And we just hope that our discussions and our guests will be a resource and inspiration for anyone who is currently taking auditions or just interested in, in the audition process. JT, you're my inspiration. Thank you. <laughs> that was lovely. I didn't, I didn't expect you to respond seriously to that, but... <laughs> It's true. <laughs> Anybody tells me that I'm their inspiration, I'm going to re- respond. Look, he lit up like a little kid. It's yeah. beautiful. It's not often I hear that from you, Matt. This podcast is brought to you by Insight for the Blind, a very special recording studio based in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, where over 100 volunteers produce talking books and magazines for the blind and physically handicapped so that all may read. See for yourself at insightfortheblind.org. And thank you to Insight for the Blind. And we want to welcome Natsuki Kumigai. Welcome, Natsuki. Thank you for being here. Hi. Thanks for having me. Now, I say Natsuki, but you actually say Natsuki, right? It's Natsuki. Yeah, it most is people Natsuki? know me as Natsuki. There's a U in there, but you don't say it in you... the Japanese language. So I was very surprised. I was like, JT, you've known me for so Whoa. long. Why are you saying my name incorrectly? We'll try that again. Welcome, Natsuki. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> So, Natsuki, you are violinist, and you play with the Minnesota Orchestra, right? Yep. I got the job in 2017. 2017, yeah. Yeah. And you came, you were, you, we know each other from New World. Yeah, I was New there. World Symphony. I'm supposed to say New World Symphony from now on. Oh, Oh, I got official. in trouble. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I got there in 2016, fall, and I think the last week, very last week of New World, that season, I, I won the job. So, and the the position that you won when you were at New World was for second violin, right? Mm-hmm. There was an opening for, uh, I believe, two second violins and one mm-hmm. first violin. And I got the second violin position. And then a year later, there was a concertmaster audition, which I was runner-up for then. Um, and they offered me the first violin position because of that audition. So, wait, Minnesota had a concertmaster audition? Third concertmaster. Third yep. concertmaster. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was runner-up for that. Wow, that's awesome. Congrats on that. That's pretty incredible. It was it was a, a shot in the dark, you know, being there for a year. And I never, well, I didn't really take much auditions, right? That was my second audition ever, the Minnesota Orchestra one, I mean. And so I wanted to see what a concertmaster audition was like. Yeah. And you know, we're better to do it than your own or own orchestra. Well, sure. Because we had talked once when you were at New World and you were considering taking another concertmaster audition. Yeah. I remember there was Aaron Keefe, who was the current concertmaster at Minnesota Orchestra. You had taken yeah. some lessons with her, right? And she kind of encouraged you to, to take yeah. the audition for Minnesota. I, I took a lesson with her down at New World because she was there giving lessons out to all the violinists. And we found out uh, mid-lesson that we studied with the same teacher. Oh, and nice. I think because of that, and I just love her vibe. She's such a yeah, she's power woman and yep. 
She's so direct. And when I didn't get something, I was not afraid to bombard her with questions. <laughs> because she is the kind of person that would be like, yeah, bring them on. Let me, you know, she's very open. Yeah, and very re- super receptive. fiery. Yep. Yeah. And then I, I just loved her. And then I stepped in last minute for a concert that week with Osmo. I think someone got injured or sick. And so Uh you asked me to be concert master. And I was like, what? (laughs) So wait, (laughs) so wait. Solos. It was a Sibelius two or something. It's because of me. You have a job. Is what I'm hearing. Kind of true. Yeah. (laughs) To a certain extent. If it wasn't for you being like, Oh, step in, do that solo. Aaron wouldn't have um, given me extra lessons on how to do concert master. Yeah. So I just want to give myself a plug for anyone who doubts me when I say move up. Just just say yes. Yeah. Just say yes. Honestly, I I do remember that. And I you were the obvious choice to ask. So. Oh, thank you. Yeah. No, for sure. I didn't think that. I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. What am I going to (laughs) do? Okay. So wait, you so you and Aaron both studied with whom? Ida Kabothian. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she uh, was teaching at Juilliard when I was mm-hmm. there, and she taught at Curtis when Aaron was at Curtis. Yeah. She still teaches there. Is your goal at some point to be a concert master? Is that something that you want to do? Is that, I mean... That's not- a great question. I used to think so. Mm-hmm. I think my entire trajectory that I had, so to speak, was to be a concert master. Oh. I was told, oh, you would be great at it. And also studying throughout my undergrad with the concertmaster, former concertmaster of the Boston Symphony, I had that kind of training, right? So you're, you're talking about Malcolm. Mm-hmm, Malcolm Lowe. He was my teacher in undergrad. And doing a couple concertmaster things here and there, it was great and I loved it. And I think somewhere down the line, I started to just kind of enjoy second violin Like I loved being in between the violas and the first violin and being that glue and my dream job. I know this might be weird. My dream job is principal second or second chair. Yeah. Yeah. I love playing first violin. So principal second or second chair, first violins or second chair, second violin, second chair, second violin. Yeah. I mean, I'm learning so much right now, right? Being in the first violin section. And I'm so Mm. grateful that they, they gave me that job. Um, It keeps your chops up. For sure. Yeah, sure. And also it's the quickest way to learn everyone's parts because you can yeah. also visually see everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sitting in the first, whereas the second violence, you kind of have to turn around. Yeah. Well, but, as a uh, violist, I know about being the glue that holds the entire <laughs> orchestra together. So, mm. you know, yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I don't know about that. Well, you know, we, we have to say what we need to say to keep going. So listen, though, um, when you took, you know, we're, we're talking about auditions. Uh, yeah. When you took Minnesota Audition, uh, was, were, your, um, were your auditions behind the screen? Behind the screen. Yep. Um, there were six rounds. Six rounds? Oh, my God. Yeah. I was, I was exhausted by round four, I want to say. Wait, how, many, how many days th- did that last? Three days. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Sunday was Mother's Day. I remember that because my mom was like, this is the best Mother's Day gift sure. I've ever gotten. A, you know, <laughs> that's well, I mean, why? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Were all the rounds screened or did the screen come down at all? The screen came down round five. Walk me through that because. All right. So you have prelims. Yeah. Prelims was day one. Yeah. 
and then day two was semifinals and I'm trying to remember super semifinals super semifinals super semifinals and then day three was finals round one two and three you had three rounds of finals geez that is a long that's a long Mm -hmm. day that's that's a long five day that's crazy yeah JT I literally couldn't move after my audition like I finished they're like you got the job well not technically well because there's the two-week trial after that, right? They'll come back and, uh-huh. you know, do that. But, if, you know, I got the job, technically yeah. speaking. Won the audition. And I went back to my hotel, put my violin down, and I tried to pick up my phone, and I couldn't because <laughs> I was so tense yeah. from from just waiting for three days straight, whether I was going to get the job or not, that uh-huh. my muscles were so tense, and I uh-huh. couldn't relax my shoulders. So that's actually one of the, one of the things I I ask pretty much everybody that that we've had on the show so far is what do you do after your auditions because there is so much uh, adrenaline there's so much tension there's so much pressure on you that when you're done what do you do to 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 relax how do you release that tension Yeah well I cried <laughs> <laughs> I I got Aww. the job or I won the audition I step outside and I just start bawling oh, and gosh. And then after that, I I think I went and had three beers and yes. a burger. Yes. Because in Minnesota, there's this thing called a Juicy Lucy burger. And uh, okay, keep be, going. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, there's like cheese inside of the the meat. Oh my god. It's basically crack. It's incredible. Uh, okay, another reason to visit Minnesota. Yeah. Oh, it's a beautiful <laughs> city. You should come. But yeah, after the audition, I think it was just drinking a yes. fair amount of drinking <laughs> see thank you for saying that because everyone's like oh well i i went for a run or i did that i'm like you are so full of shit. you went oh, to a bar no. and you had a beer mm-hmm. or five right yeah <laughs> yeah what's your routine before taking an audition and let, let's let's even go as far back to like what's your routine like when you're planning to take an audition how do you start yeah. preparing for that this is funny that you asked that because I didn't know I was going to go take the audition until 10 days before the audition. I sent in a pre-screening tape and I didn't get past it. Oh, really? I didn't get past pre-screening. And I was like probably the only one from New World Symphony who didn't get past pre-screening. So then what happened? So then I was like, oh, okay, bummer. I'm not going to go. And then I heard through the grapevine that even if you don't get yeah. past pre-screening, you can show up. Yep. And then I was like, oh, should I go? <laughs> so this was 10 days before the audition. And I emailed. They're like, yeah, we have spots for the last day. So I was like, okay, wow. I'll take it, I guess. Really great to hear because yeah. there are because this is – this is folklore. This is like something that's, you know, one of these wives tales that if you don't get invited, then you're, you're just out of the, you know, you're out of it. You can't do anything, but yes, you can in fact show up. Yeah. I think certain orchestras do it differently now that, um, you know, if you don't get past it, you can't come. But at that time in 2017, you were allowed to still come. So. Yeah. But yes. Uh, so the AFM will, will, will encourage you to, to show up if, you know, because basically they're saying, you know, even though you haven't been invited by the orchestra, you can, you can come and you will you will be able to to get a spot. Mm-hmm. You just decided ten days before the actual audition, 
What, what made yeah. you change your mind? To take the audition? Yeah. Because Aaron was there. That was really it. Yeah. I really was drawn to her style of playing. Mm-hmm. I love the orchestra sound. And when I got to work with Osmo, you know, really up close, I just just kind of fell in love with the way that he characterizes and styled Sibelius. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, if I can get into an orchestra of this caliber, you know. Just to finish up on this thought, yeah. for clarification. So Osmo Vanska, who's the music director of Minnesota Orchestra, was guest conducting at New World Symphony that week. His wife is the concertmaster, who was there as a coach that week, who you were taking lessons with. Somebody gets sick you move up to play concert master and you have a connection. So what I want to just emphasize about all this is it's all about your preparation. It's all about, you know, your connection with people because we we've had guests on here that talk about their, their connection and they've gotten gigs because of their past and the, their friends that they had and the connections that they've made. It helps in a big way. And so your reputation precedes you. So by working with Aaron, she knows you. By working with Osmo, he knows you. They both like you. That's an advantage. It was also luck. I think I was in the right place at the right time. Yeah. I can't emphasize that enough. Um, so many things that I've done, even like to get here, right? To get to mm-hmm. Minnesota Orchestra. I just happened to be everywhere at the right time. <laughs> Well, yeah, luck, luck plays a huge part of it, but, but it also shows that, that by taking advantage of those, of those circumstances that, that arise, you were prepared enough that you could, you could actually, um, achieve that, that high standard where they, they said you should, you should consider taking this audition. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, sorry. I did. I know I talked too long, but. (laughs) No, you're fine. Um, I wanted to jump back to the pre-screen, you know, the recorded, round of auditioning it's been forever since i've taken an audition i think the last time i sent a tape was for minnesota it was second bassoon and it was back in the 90s so he was five it was weird i remember though (laughs) yes that's right i do remember they had a very very particular recommendation for microphones for placement for the recorder no editing what is that like now when you submit uh, a taped audition is it still are they still saying not to edit because i have a feeling that people do edit i'm just curious what your thoughts are on the whole process at least when i was at new world i just did what everyone else was doing which was to either hire one of the audio engineer fellows there or just take someone's <laughs> zoom recorder go into a room and just record it um i didn't really at least in the nine months that I was at New World, I didn't see anyone try to edit their their pre-screening materials. I think it was very, I mean, it's all, also honor system, right? But um, I, th- which is what I did. And I think for pre-screening nowadays, what they're looking for can be heard, even with the Zoom recording. It doesn't have to be the most high quality, because it's not a video recording anymore, right? It's just an MP3. And I looked back actually, a year later, once I started the job, I went back in my emails and listened to my pre-screening. Because I had done it myself, and I was an idiot, <laughs> I didn't um, edit and cut correctly. So there was this Mozart 
excerpt the magic flute and I go, <laughs> the recording goes, I'm not even kidding you. It goes, fuck me. Oh my God. <laughs> and I start again. That was my pre-screening Oh my God, material. that's amazing. Wait, wait, was that your first excerpt on the recording? Yeah. Oh, and they, they were like, okay, all right, well, we're so, we're going to have to go and say, we'll, we'll, we'll pass on that one. That's incredible. I don't blame them. Oh my God, that's awesome. I would have invited you instantly if so, you said, if I, if I was sitting in that, in that musician committee and I heard that, I'd be like, nope, we're hiring that girl now. I don't care how she plays. <laughs> in retrospect, you know, listening back to the recordings, it was fine except for the fact that I dropped the F-bomb nice. on a pre-screening. That is, oh, man. <laughs> Not very progressive of them to, to cut you just because of the F-word if, if the playing was there. Well, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it was pretty loud. It's awesome. so good. <laughs> I'm not a very traditional violinist, as you can tell. I just kind of show up. I don't, I mean, I prepared before those 10 days. Um, yeah. Before the audition, I mean, because I was assuming that I would get through the pre-screening, right? So I had already started learning it in, I want to say March or late February even. And then I got cut. And I was like, oh, okay, fine. So there was like a month gap between me learning all the excerpts and then you know, last minute polishing them up. So Was the the recording list different than the actual list or was it just the same excerpts from the, from the the actual audition? Yeah, just like two or three excerpts from the main list. But do you think that um, kind of that 10-day cram that helped you? I mean, obviously it helped you, mm -hmm. but I mean... I do better under pressure. Some people like to plan from five weeks before. They'll make sure that they play mocks for every single person, record themselves... Mm -hmm. For me personally, that gives me a lot of anxiety. It's like you're overhyping yeah. yourself. Yeah. Well, so in those ten days, how did you prepare? What was like the what were the steps that you took right. in order to prepare for this? So first step was to panic and get it out of my system. Right. And then the second step was to I actually was talking to remember Russell Rivicki? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. And him and I used to share notes on audition and mm -hmm. practicing. And I was, I, I took a leaf out of his book. He made this category thing with all his excerpts into A, B, and C. Mm -hmm. A was all the ones that you can just pull out of your ass anytime. Right. You know, you're so comfortable with them. B was the one, like, you kind of know them. They just need a little bit of work. And then C was... I have no idea what this yeah. is. I've never heard it. I've never played it. And then I did that. And then I realized most of them were in C, which sucks. Oh, wow. <laughs> a lot that's, of them that's not I a good thing to realize. <laughs> no. And I had never played Held in Laban. And oh, yeah. um, I didn't really know the excerpt. I didn't re really know how Held in Laban went, except for like the first page and the concertmaster uh, yeah, solo. Right. And so I spent, I think, two days just learning all the excerpts. I think there were like 13 excerpts. And then it just so happened, again, very lucky. It just so happened that the very last week of New World, Alex Carr, the concertmaster of Dallas came. Mm -hmm. And so I went to him and I was like, 
Alex, I'm so f***ed. I don't know any of these excerpts. Can you help me? He's like, bring it over. Let's do yeah, this. And that's exactly what he said, too. <laughs> He's the best. Yeah. I ran into him on the street in New York, uh, just random, like Upper West Side, walk in. Someone really? slaps me on the arms, like, oh, of course, New York. <laughs> Look over. It's Alex Carr. That's I'm like, Alex what? Carr. Hi, Alex. Yeah. But anyhow, yeah. So I was super lucky and I got to play all the excerpts for him. Nice. And he went over a little bit for me. He was so nice. And because of that lesson, I had something to work with. Mm-hmm. And so after that, so that was day three, right? Day three had a lesson. And then day four and five, you know, polish up everything. And then day six, I started playing mocks for people because it was uh, the last week of New World. So people were still around. Yeah. And um, so six, seven, eight, playing mocks, getting uh, advice from people. And then day nine, day 10, run-throughs and just more polishing slash Mm -hmm. just learning notes because, again, I had just started some of them 10 days ago. How many hours would you guess that you were? 10 10 hours, wow. Yeah, I have a notebook from my my new world year for all my practice and journaling. Uh-huh. And I was practicing 10 hours a day. So, Do you recommend practicing 10 hours a day to oh, those people? Oh, hell no. <laughs> it's horrible. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine. I honestly can't imagine practicing 10 hours a day personally. Hopefully people are listening to this that don't know what auditions are really about. They're just kind of curious. You know, you, but that's what it takes if you're on the 10-day South Beach orchestra diet plan for auditions. <laughs> that's <laughs> but, a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. The pressure that you feel. And that's why I was saying like, what, what do you do after an audition and, and this, the release that you need, the outlet that you have to have um, yeah. is so important. But let's talk about a little bit now, how do you handle your nerves when you're, when you're on stage taking an audition? Because that's a huge part of it too. Right. Are you talking about auditions in general or the, that that Minnesota one? Just in general. Just in yeah. general. Okay. Because it was quite different. My parents showed up out of nowhere. Wait, to Minnesota? Yeah. That that didn't help. So. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a little added stress. Yeah, because it was Mother's Weekend. They're from Chicago. They're like, let's just come. Let's just go to Minnesota and support her. I'm like, this is the last thing I need right now, guys. But they All right, well, up. So, okay, well, let's so. talk about Minnesota first, and then we'll talk about the <laughs> other ones. <laughs> so, I guess... Pressure-wise, I had already been trying to play it, you know, kind of pretend that it, it didn't really matter, uh-huh. right? Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I was like, you only had 10 days, Natsuki, you know, you really, really like this conductor and this concertmaster, but just, you know, it's just another audition. You only got to semis last time, so if you get to finals, be happy, uh-huh. you know? And uh, it sucked because the day that I was supposed to leave, my flight got canceled, and so I actually had to fly out 6 a.m. the day of my audition. Wow, yeah. And then show up. So at, at that point, I was like, okay, I'm already screwed. Like, right. everyone else yeah. is wall-rested. I took a red eye. I'm exhausted. I just want a beer. It's Friday. And I'm just going <laughs> to play my audition and see how it goes. Right. And yeah. I, I actually think it. that mindset of just f***ing yeah. really helped me. And little by little, as you pass each round, the anxiety starts to really kick in because you're like, why am I doing well? Why, mm-hmm. When is it going to stop? Right? Well, but, you, but do you think that, that getting to the semis previously actually helped? 
No, it was worse because then you expect no. yourself to get there. But you already knew what it was like to get past the prelims, to get to the semi, so you could kind of build on that momentum? I guess so. Um, I also had a, another accident in my prelims. I stopped in the middle, well, at the end of my concerto. Because of all the resonance in the hall, somehow I thought someone had said thank you. Yeah. And I stopped playing. I've been there. I've done that and once before. So yeah. I stop, and then there's like a five-second pause, and they're like, oh, okay, well, I guess you can go on. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah, no, that actually, that's kind of weird. That actually happened to me once. I thought somebody said something, and I stopped. And they were like, oh, I, I, yeah, I guess that's a good place to stop. Right. And I was like, yeah. oh, my I'm God, so what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah, but with pressure-wise, I think – all the the mock auditions that we did at New World helped me so much. For me, yeah. I think already coming from pretty uh, high pressure institutions before New World, you know, Juilliard, NEC, um, the Music Institute of Chicago, the pre college I went to, they were mm-hmm. really high high intensity all the time. And yeah. I think coming from that environment, I was pretty used to to pressure and to competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Well, what about the other auditions that you had taken? What did you do when you were on? So how do you handle the, the nerves for, for those other? Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I took a beta blocker for the very last round of Minnesota Orchestra okay. because I felt myself shaking and I don't yeah. shake often. And so someone had recommended beta blockers. Granted, now that I think back, I shouldn't have taken it without trying it out first. That way, that was the first time you'd ever taken one? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not a great idea because I felt myself calming down. And then I was like, okay, this is good. Um, but yeah. thinking back, I probably should have tested it beforehand. That's fine. You know, people say that. And the funny thing about that is that unless you're into it, like you say, you, you didn't shake very often. Unless you're in a position where you're going to be shaking when you test the beta blocker. Like the test, you won't feel anything when you test it. Right. So it's kind of a, a hard thing to test, but. Yeah. Maybe it was a good thing I tried. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, my first experience with it, it, it was so eye opening. I was kind of mad that I hadn't been taking them for years. <laughs> my hands felt like, like I could do brain surgery. They were so still. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. And I'm a shaker. Yeah, I, I had, I mean, I, I started taking beta blockers way late in my audition. It was actually, I had already, it was when I was in Mexico that I, I started taking them for whatever reason. I, I, I never had um, that issue, but I think I'm wondering if I actually took them before, if I would have done better in auditions, um, but I who knows. But, but everybody talks about, so do you do any sort of um, like, yoga or any sort of mental practice um yeah before taking- I do, well i don't do yoga i hate yoga i'm actually more like i, I box i'm very high intensity i'm yeah. i've been told by a lot of people that i should probably calm down and do yoga but um i, I no, you know what i i f- hate yoga too and i hate people <laughs> that tell you that you should love yoga okay so i i hit a heavy bag that's my stress release it's amazing right boxing yeah, oh. It's, yeah. it's literally like one of the best 
A, exercises, and B, forms of, of, of stress release that I can yeah. think of. Me and Ripple go. Do you remember Eric Ripple, Timpani? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah no, I want to talk to Timpani. him. We I go know. together. <laughs> nice. How's he doing? He's great. Yeah, Good. he has a huge beard now. Um, yeah, well, but you know. That's for another gotta, time. Yeah. You got to cover that up. JT, why did you jump off of the drugs so fast? <laughs> we finally have a guest that wants to talk about this. I, I'm not talking. I've been dying to talk yeah. about All this. All right, well, let's talk about it. No, not to belabor no. it, but I'm curious. So the the beta blocker thing, I'm wondering, A, is there still a stigma attached to that at all? Or is it pretty much the worst kept secret in classical music? I think it's becoming more normalized, um, at least for my generation. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I, I'm 29. So when I was at New York, I was 26. And I remember some people were still very secretive about taking beta blockers. And uh, I remember when I heard about beta blockers, I think I was uh, a senior doing, uh, getting ready for uh, grad school auditions. Mm-hmm. And some people were ta- taking uh, beta blockers or maybe thinking about getting prescribed. And it was like, very hush-hush. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're going to rely on beta blockers? And uh, I don't know, maybe because I'm just more open. I'm like, if you're going to play better, it's not going to yeah, no, sure. change who you are it's not gonna like make you like improve it's not like steroids <laughs> yeah it doesn't help your technique right um right. it's just kind of maintains your well at the present moment your standard playing so i don't think it's anything to be ashamed of i haven't really taken it since that audition uh i don't again it takes a lot for me to shake mm-hmm. i think those six rounds yeah. were really getting to me it was a mental challenge more than anything well the pressure is probably exponential like i mean it's bad enough if you have three or four rounds but when you have six six and you realize now you've climbed the mountain almost to the summit yeah there's definitely like a mental thing that happens there you're so close but there are there are people that suffer severely from stage fright yeah and stage fright is just just whatever and not even just being but just you know performing for whatever reason and i mean my my uh my father-in-law uh had severe stage fright it's so and he was a violinist a professional violinist in an orchestra and uh he would uh my wife told me that he would have to come on stage before anyone else and sit down in his chair and he would be there for the the just he would wrap his legs around the legs of the chair and that's how he would sit until the concert was over mm. so that would that's wow. the, that was the level and he took beta blockers mm-hmm. you know and it's just that that's kind of one of the things that people have to deal with at juilliard we had this class called performance enhancement by noah kageyama yeah. and he it was an incredible class where we talked about how to cope with anxiety mm-hmm. the the pressure of performing auditions and I try to practice some of those methods um, before I play, and I try. Yeah. And now that I have students, actually, I just got my first like pre-college kid uh, into Oberlin yes. Conservatory, and so oh, and congrats. she has. Yeah, I'm really proud of her. She has a fair amount of stage fright, and it's something I had never dealt with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, having to, you know teach somebody how to calm down with the limited experience I had was, was quite difficult. But I think the one thing I told her that I think she still does to this day is before auditions, I go into that practice room and instead of just 
you know, opening my violin case and just starting to play, I'll sit down and I'll um, like hands on my on, on my my knees and I'll make sure that all my contact points from my toes, my knees, my shoulders, head, all the way, are relaxed. And by doing that, I just make sure all my tension, especially in my neck, is released before I play. And that takes a minute. Mm. And then I'll start doing drone practice with my with my TE tuner app. Um, I'll do that for at least a minute and a half to drown out all the other people's frantic sounds. Right. And then I'll do my excerpts, 50% tempo, 75% tempo, 100% tempo. And I'll, I practiced that 10-minute warm-up session, even at New World. Yeah. That, I actually, I saw your, you've done a couple of videos for for Minnesota Orchestra. Mm-hmm. Or did you, yeah, so I saw the one um, that you did with your tuner. Yeah. To play, yeah, the Pump and Circumstance. Yeah, that's the one that I used for the audition. That was a great video. I really liked it. Thanks. Good advice. <laughs> yeah. If anybody wants to see it, go ahead and, uh, it was on Facebook, right? I think so. On your Facebook page. Yeah. Yep. That's really interesting. I've always felt triggered a little bit by the sounds of other people warming up at an audition. Somehow that that really like is one of the things that ramps up my stress level. I totally agree. Um, did you feel like you had to play also because you heard everyone else yep. playing, yes. right? And I yep. hate that. <laughs> Going all the way back to high school, that was the thing. I hate that. And so even with all my my students and also people who come to me, because uh, some people come to me for lessons, for excerpt lessons. And I always talk about that audition prep like in mm. the room, right? Because I just, mm-hmm. I think it's suicidal kind of to practice without thinking in those precious 10 minutes. Yeah. 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 And you're also, you're also hearing everyone else. You're like, oh my God, was that... You know, should I play like that? Should I play like that? Is that the right way? I mean, that's that's what I did. I was, they played it so fast. Yeah, my God, exactly. They're so loud. Everyone sounds really good. Yeah. Because mm. there's a wall between you, so you don't hear the details. You just hear all this resonant sound and the tempos that they're taking, and it's bloody awful. Yeah, I. So the worst is also for me. The worst was the the cattle call room where you've got 50 other people kind of just wailing away. And for viola, I mean, trust me, that's not the best room you want to be in on so many levels. <laughs> but, but I started, yeah, I started going with headphones, you know, and I just find a corner and just, you know, that's, that was my spot. I didn't want to hear anybody. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I wasn't friends with anybody. Oh, I didn't even talk to anyone. I, yeah. I refused to. Also, I, I always had my headphones on. And um, I would blast Metallica. Yes. <laughs> or or Carly Rae Jepsen, Call Me Maybe. Oh. There you go. <laughs> it was just that uh, like, like just boring, like repetitive music or just, yeah. just sheer <laughs> chaotic sounds. Just like For me, it was Marilyn Manson. Mm. That says a lot. Kind of does. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you won your audition. And then you had you said you had a trial for two weeks. It was it two weeks consecutively, back to back weeks. Back, yeah. yeah, back to back. It was and actually, uh, it that also was really stressful because they wanted to get the trial done as soon as possible, which meant the only time that they could have Ben, he's the other guy who who won the job, Ben Odner and I, to come was their season finale and their recording session. So that oh. was my trial. 
So you you were on you're on already on a recording for Minnesota Orchestra on my trial, yeah, for Mahler. Nice. I can't remember which Mahler it was, but yeah, yeah. So that was a lot, and then um, apparently they liked you. Yeah, they offered us the job on day four of being there, which Wait, was really of day day four of fourteen days. Yeah, good first impression, huh? Yeah, I mean, I again, it was my first time doing a trial. It was my mm-hmm. first time getting that far. I really didn't know what to expect. All I was told by my mentors was, know your part, know everyone else's part. Yep. Just be genuine, be yourself. Don't swear. <laughs> <laughs> and but, they were like, you're going to be fine, kiddo. And so... In your trial, though, did you have to sit with different members of the orchestra? Oh, did yeah. Did other people come sit next to you? They rotated us, like, every day. And the fourth day, I had to sit second chair, so uh, next to the principal second mm-hmm. for the opening uh, pieces. And so that was that was fun. But, yeah, they, yeah. they make sure that everyone gets along because sure. at the end of the day, it's not just the principal it's not the principal second who's going to be sitting with you, right? It's the entire section right. who gets yeah, the yeah. vote. So does Minnesota Orchestra rotate their sections or are you, are you on a fixed seat? Within the second violins, they'll move. Within the first violins, they'll move. But they won't. They don't cross over from first to seconds? No. All right. And so now, so you've got the job and now you've got to go on your tenure. You have a tenure process. Yeah. Which, which lasted how long? 18 months. That's kind of the norm, I find. Um, some some year and a half to two years, I think, is the norm for tenure. In your tenure process, did you get a lot of feedback? Uh, did you get any feedback? I did get feedback. I'm, I'm trying to remember. The, the first tenure meeting, they told me I could do more. As in, I think I was too, too timid. I was too careful, okay. they said. You know, I remember your audition. You know, you were playing out so much. And I really appreciated them telling me, yeah. um, both of us, they were saying, we'll tell you if it's too much. Great, yeah. And I think that's something that, you know, when you first join a, a professional orchestra, you're you're scared sometimes, right? Because it's like, if you don't want to stick out like a sore thumb, um, right. but then you also don't want to be the, the quietest person, but just naturally that mindset makes you smaller, Mm-hmm. And one thing my my teacher, Mr. Lowe, said to me, which I still remember to this day, he always said, you know, the chair that you sit in, you, you take your arm out and then, you know, both arms out. And that's your mm-hmm. orb. This entire, you know, like make, imagine that there's a little orb that you make. Right. Okay. And you have to fill that up with your sound and your energy and I sometimes when I get anxious or sometimes when I get too into my head, I I Mm -hmm. always go back to that and trying to fill the sound or fill that orb with sound. Yeah. And that naturally just helps me relax and play out more. That's really good advice because I can imagine people, you know, when they, when they're sitting in that orchestra, it's so, I, we've, we've heard some of our guests say it's just so different an audition is completely different from when you're actually in sitting in the orchestra, you know, and what you have to do is completely different from taking an audition to actually performing with an orchestra right. and you have to play. Yeah. You have to play. What a lot of people tend to do is to kind of shrink down 
you know, I think there are a lot of nerves and things like that that come into play, but, you know, they want to see who you are. They want you to be you. Right. Right. They want you to help them uh, make the, the best, the best sound and be a, be a, a good member of that section. Right. And you are only one out of 12 people. And at the time there yeah. were so many open spots. So I think we were one out of eight they're like, we only oh, have yeah. eight people in the second, so we need we, you yeah, to. We need you, <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and that really helped us to just kind of unlock and be more free. And so the second tenure meeting, I I got n- nothing back. They were like, great. But also, that was also, my second tenure meeting was two days after the concertmaster audition, which I mm-hmm. was one of the two trial people. So I think they did. Maybe they didn't want to stress me out, but they were like, yeah, keep it up. And then I got tenure. I have so many more questions, but I, I, I don't want to take up all of your time, but I want to have you back. So I'm not going to, I'm going to hold off on asking you some other questions because I seriously, I, I think we could probably talk to you for, for, I, I could aim for a couple more hours. So um, I think is, will you come back? Will you be in? Oh, absolutely. I think it's great that you guys are doing this because the stigma around orchestra auditions is finally starting to be, for lack of a better word, exposed or yeah. or the reality of it all. I think people are more willing to talk about it and yeah, well. everyone has different experiences. I mean, as you you guys heard today, y- mine yeah. was like a shit show from the very beginning. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah. But it's amazing though. I, 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 love, I love to hear that. I think a lot of, I think people especially those that, well, that know you and that don't know you would really appreciate the fact of what you went through and how you kind of overcame it. So thank you for sharing that with us. My pleasure. This was really great. So again, um, thank you, Natsuki, Natsuki Kumagai. Thank you for being on Behind the Screen. We will definitely have you back because I'm not done. I'm not done asking you questions. I can tell you that. Sounds good. Next time you're All in right. Minnesota, you got to get a Juicy Lucy burger. I'm Oh my God, I can't wait. It sounds so good. It's pretty good. Yeah, all right. Well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go look online for some tickets right now. They're cheap. Nobody's flying anywhere. <laughs> all right, Natsuki, thanks again. Thank you, guys. <laughs>